here at the Welcome Center to my left. And it's a great opportunity for our youngins to go to Children's Church. So we're going to take a minute while they're working over that way. And I'm going to invite you to open your Bible to the book of Colossians in your New Testament. Colossians chapter 1. And we'll begin reading in verse 1 here in just a few moments. <clears throat> Paul's letter to this wonderful church. I told you in our welcome this morning, you know, I'm far from 100%, but I'm going to give you my best today. Amen? I remember so many times, <coughs> excuse me, the past week or two, trying to get well. Uh, I see Coach Harper again. I'm going to tell him I could hear him in my ear saying, get your head up off the mat, boy, you know, because I felt like my head was on the mat many times. They certainly uh, helped me a whole lot, and I'm grateful to be here today. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 1, if you found your place and physically able, let's stand together in honor and reverence to the reading of God's word. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to read through verse 8 this morning and then look and see what God has to say to us from his word. The Bible says these words. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you have heard before in the world of the truth of the gospel which has come to you as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. As you also learn from Epaphras, our fellow, dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to us your love in the spirit. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would add your blessing to the reading of your word. I pray, Father, that you would help us to open our hearts today to receive the truth of the gospel. Father, that we would be challenged and forever changed as a result of what the word of God speaks into our soul today. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Today I'm speaking to you on the subject of giving ourselves away. It's hard to believe that it's already 2022, isn't it? Amen? Did y'all ever think we'd make it here this fast? Absolutely not. But you know, uh, I've said many times and we say it at Christmas, you know, how we learn the older we get, time certainly does pass by much more quickly. But over the past few months as we kind of approach the start of this new year, I I always ask the Lord and I always intercede before God on your behalf of asking God where he would have me to start, where he would have me to go, and how he would have me to lead faithfully in the year to come. 2021 was a, quite a milestone year for many of us in many ways. As I look back over the years, I thought about what 2021 and the changes that came into my life this year. Turned 50 years old this past year. I never thought I'd make it that far, I would have taken better care of myself if I'd known it well. Angie and I celebrated 31 years of marriage this past year. What a blessing that is. And all of y'all said, 
Bless her soul, amen. Yeah, thank you, Alan. I appreciate that. Appreciate that confirmation. <laughs> Anyhow, I was also blessed in this past year to celebrate 35 years as a gospel preacher. Five of those, now it may be six that I've been blessed to be here as your pastor. Both my girls got married last year on May 22nd, June 26th, which almost killed us. And it's still something else. But as I thought about those milestones, I asked the Lord, I said, of all the milestones we met, where do we go from here? So God began to speak into my heart about the year ahead because I know there's a whole lot of fatigue in our world today. Fatigue of the pandemic, fatigue of the challenges of life and all the other stuff that comes with life beyond the pandemic. God really began to speak into my heart to focus on the year ahead to demonstrate not only by an agenda but by my actions we'd be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we would be challenged by the word of God to be more than we ever thought possible. You know he said in his word that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. It means we have no way of fully comprehending what all God really wants to do through his children. We just have to submit ourselves to his authority and lordship and trust him to bless and do what he wants to do with us. So as I search and read God's word on this subject, God really began to lead me to this letter, the church at Colossae, as Paul wrote to them. See, all of Paul's letters have a dominant theme. You read the book of Philippians, you know that it is a book that is filled with the word joy. He, was writ, writ, he wrote it from a prison cell and even challenged people to have joy in the most dire circumstances. When you read the book of Romans, you know that the theme is justification by faith. When you read the book of Ephesians, you know the theme is the mystery of Christ and his church and how there's such a clear balance of doctrine and duty in that letter. But as the Holy Spirit spoke to Paul and he guided his heart, he wrote these words to the Colossian church and he wrote to them about the absolute supremacy of Jesus Christ in everything in their lives. He wrote to them about Jesus' supremacy and also his sufficiency as the head over the church and all creation. R. Kent Hughes said this about this letter. He said, there is no book in the New Testament, including John's gospel, which presents such a comprehensive picture of the fullness of Christ. Well, that is some kind of commentary on this wonderful letter that it presents such a clear picture of the fullness of Christ. So in order to understand where we're going and how Paul wrote to this church, you've got to understand a little bit about the background of the city and the area of which this church was located. Colossae was located about 80 miles inland from Ephesus on the western part of what would be modern-day Turkey. So if you're familiar with geography, you know where that is. The church at Colossae was birthed out of a two-year ministry that Paul had in Ephesus. And during that time, he had some visitors who came from Colossae to Ephesus who had heard Paul preach the gospel, and they were gloriously saved. These two visitors were named Epaphras and Philemon. You know from studying the New Testament that later Philemon hosted the church in his home where Epaphras served as the pastor. When the church would encounter some 
type of difficulty, Epaphras would go visit Paul for some advice. He was a mentor to him and Paul invested in his life and in that church. And Paul wrote this letter as a response to a visit from Epaphras as he consulted with Paul about the seriousness of Gnosticism that was so prevalent in Colossae. The Gnostics were a group of people who considered themselves to be superior in knowledge as they attempted to lead people to believe that Christianity was beneath them. They wanted to be intellectually superior while they were spiritually bankrupt. But they could not and could not help them to gain a deeper spiritual knowledge by following their teachings instead of Paul's teachings about Christ. As you and I know, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. You can't outthink him. You can't outgive him. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Amen? So no matter what the Gnostics taught, the gospel was still doing a work and was prevalent because of what God was doing through Paul, Epaphras, and Philemon. So Paul writes to emphasize to the Colossians that they need to stand firm. They don't need to back up. They need to stand firm in their belief that Christ is truly all-sufficient. He is the supreme Savior, and there is no need to add anything to him or place anything or anyone above him. Paul makes that very clear. So even though this book was written in the first century, it's a very up-to-date book, amen? It's not the book for a time. The Word of God is the book for all time. It is a timeless message that speaks to the problems and even the crises in our present age in this world. I still believe, as Paul will teach us, that Jesus Christ is the ultimate answer. I believe the people at the church at Colossae were people whose lives had been radically changed by the power of the gospel, the power of the word of God. And they were people who could not survive without its power and influence in their lives. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear me. No matter how smart you get, no matter how high you rise, you will never ever get to a point in this life that you can function properly as a child of God without the influence and the power of the word of God operating in your daily life. Amen? I believe that with all of my heart. Not too long back I heard Pastor Johnny Hunt say this. He said, our churches are filled with people who will mark their Bibles but refuse to allow the Bible to mark them. Wow. Oh, we, we like, we highlight our Bible, we can underline, we make some notes, we can mark the Bible. But I want you to know the Bible was written to mark you, to mark me for the glory of God. So the church at Colossae was definitely a church that had been marked by the word of God. Much like the church at Thessalonica, they were making a difference because of what God's word was doing to them. The word of God had been delivered to them by the man of God and it was making a mark on their lives. So today I'm speaking to you on the subject of giving ourselves away. I really believe the church at Colossae was a church that had received salvation. 
They had received the security of the power of the Holy Spirit. And because they had received so much, much would be required of them. I really believe the church that God blesses so much that there is much required of us because of his faithfulness to bless us. So how do we apply that to us today? Well, you fast forward 20 centuries or more and you look right here today in 2022 on the second Sunday of the year, right here at Heflin Baptist Church, we can say that we've been blessed much, amen? We've been given salvation. We've been given security, the power of the Holy Spirit. We've been given much more materially than the church at Colossae could have ever dreamed of having. That church was meeting in Philemon's house. Much like our church planter friends in Utah, they were having to set up and tear down every service. Amen? Because we have been received so much, I really believe that God will require us to give much. And as we give much, that much must be when we give ourselves totally and completely away for the glory of God. When we die to ourselves so we can live completely for him. Amen? New Song wrote a song about that years ago called Give Yourself Away. And here's what the words say. When you find someone in trouble and you don't know what to say, the best thing you can do for them is to give yourself away. Lend a hand to lift the broken. Let your heart break when God's heart breaks. Speak up for those who have no voice and give yourself away. Give yourself away. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. Give yourself away. Go out and make a world of difference. Let this be the day you see how far his love reaches. The greatest sacrifice of all is to give yourself away. I really believe that. Jesus taught us that those who seek to save their life will lose it, but those who lose it for Christ's sake shall inherit eternal life. I really believe God wants us to be a church that gives ourselves away. So in this year, 2022, we've got to make a conscious choice. I really believe that. To be the kind of church that reaches out instead of reaches in to be the kind of church that is sending laborers to the field to reap instead of sitting in the pews to sleep. I really believe that. We must be the kind of church that truly gives ourselves completely and totally to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Why? Because here's a question we must all answer. What have you got today or what could you obtain in this life that you could take with you into the next life? I can answer that for you. Job said you came in here with nothing. He said you came in here naked. Amen? And when you leave, guess how you're leaving? Nothing. You're not going to take anything out of this world because you didn't bring anything in this world. He said the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I believe that today. Nothing. The answer is that you won't carry your stuff. I tell you, the only thing that you can carry from this life that you didn't bring into this life is a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
in the memory of great victories that you have done for the glory of God. And I pray that this year would be a year that you determine in your heart that you're gonna make every moment count for the glory of God. You're not gonna waste a second. You're not gonna waste a day. You're not gonna waste a Sunday. You're gonna give everything you got for the glory of God. I really believe if you do that, this year could be a year that your life changes forever. And I believe that's what God wants to do. So as we look at these things today, I want you to know the church at Colossae was such a church. They were a church that was giving themselves away. And in the text today, we find some clues, if you will, of how they became to be such a congregation. First thing I want you to notice is that there was a focus on the message of the gospel. You can read that in verses three through five that we read a moment ago. And we understand that we live in a day when the message of the gospel is being compromised. Did y'all know that? The gospel is being compromised and watered down to a point that people believe in a gospel that requires nothing of them to receive salvation. Uh, listen to me. There is a gospel that is being preached today that is one that is supposedly filled with grace but requires no guilt. But I want you to hear me today. Until you realize you're guilty, you'll never understand nor appreciate nor receive the grace of God. Not at all. We're all guilty. We're sinners before God. We don't have to do anything to be condemned. We're condemned already unless we come by the way of the cross. God help us today to understand that. Oh, we live in that such a day. We live in a day when it's, many believe it's possible to experience the forgiveness of God without having to repent of your sins. There are places today when the word repentance is considered offensive. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Personally, I don't walk up here any given day to offend anybody, but I stand for Jesus Christ. It's not what I'm against, it's who I'm for. And because I'm for him, I proclaim his gospel, and his gospel says you cannot be born again unless you repent. Not possible. And if there was salvation available without repentance, you won't find it in the Bible. You know what our generation says? Preacher, you can tell me what the Bible says, but don't you make me feel guilty for my sin. Ladies and gentlemen, hear me. If you're in this place today and you begin to feel guilty for your sin, it is not anything that this preacher has the power to do to cause you to understand your guilt. I have no ability to do that whatsoever. It's not this preacher bringing condemnation upon you it is the Holy Spirit of God that is calling your heart to allow Jesus Christ to become the Lord of your life and you cannot allow that to happen until you confess and repent and surrender to Jesus Christ. There's no other way. No other way. And I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, I really believe it's true that repentance is a requirement for salvation. And if you experience a guilt over unconfessed sin, listen to me today, don't take that home with you. Don't take it to the car with you. Don't take it to the house with you. Don't take it beyond those doors today. You know why? 
because the more time you walk away from God calling you to repent and trust him, the harder your heart will get to the point you'll become calloused and you won't even hear his voice anymore. God help us. Don't do it. You see, I believe that's important for us to understand because here's what happens with Paul in verse three. He begins to transition from some introductory greetings and he goes headlong into an intercessory prayer. And Paul gives thanks for the testimony of that church. I read this recently and I believe it's true. Is that Paul's prayer right here informs our understanding of redemption and provokes our heartfelt gratitude toward God. You see, the church at Colossae was far from a gospel compromising church. Now they had a pastor named Epaphras who had a mentor named Paul and I'm telling you, he believed that the gospel changed his life and he didn't compromise at all. They had an awesome testimony of standing for the message of the gospel and notice what the message of the gospel had done for them and does for us. Here's what it does. The first thing it does in verse four is it produces faith and love. See, believing the gospel will cause you to act in faith. Did you know that? James chapter two gives us a clear example of that. Many people think that faith is just something that sits still and doesn't move and just is something that gets you to heaven when you die. But I want you to hear me. James said, I will show you my faith and I will show you my faith by my works. Not saved by, by works, but saved by a faith that compels us to work. Amen? James was saying this, when I got it, I got it and it got me and he got me and when he took a hold of me I could no longer just sit still and do what I wanted to do I was had a new commander in my life and I was compelled to go do what he said to do amen it bothers me sometimes folks say that they're born again but yet have no desire to see anybody else be I think you need to say that again it ought to bother us, not just this preacher, that if we profess to be born again, that we don't want anybody else to be. I don't know about you, but a lot of people are known for a lot of things. And I remember, Miss Mary Merrill know this, my grandmother was known for making the best coconut cake under the sun. There was never an eating meeting at the Edwardsville Baptist Church or the annual Thompson family reunion at Lower King Creek, that people didn't show up saying, hey, where's Aunt Bernice's coconut cake? Amen? They were unapologetic about making sure, I'm telling you, them cousins would knock each other out of the way for a bite. She had a reputation of having a great coconut cake. I remember asking her one time, what's the recipe? And you know, I don't know, I just go over there and make it. Don't those people make you mad? I mean, no, but what I'm saying is, is there was a hunger, there was a desire to make sure that we got to some of that coconut cake. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you today, when you follow Jesus Christ, he takes over your life, there ought to be a hunger, there ought to be a desire, there ought to be a compulsion to get up every day and give God glory for your life and get some more people in the boat with you. Ought to be, I really believe that. 
I would have caused you to act in faith, believe in the gospel, because you live with some bold confidence. What Paul say, Romans chapter one, verse 16, he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? Two verses before that, he said, I'm a debtor. You know why he wasn't ashamed? Because he realized that he was a debtor and the only person that paid his bill was Jesus Christ through his blood on Calvary. Wow. Oh, believing the gospel will cause you to demonstrate love for others. John said in John 13, he said, I'll tell you how the world will know you know me. It's because of the way you treat each other. Well, I guarantee you, there's a lot of places. That, that's, that's a little scary. You know what I would hope? I would hope in this community that people could see that you belong to Jesus simply because the way you love and respect and treat one another. But you know what happens a lot? Oh, we've been warned about in Scripture that we're too easy to bite and devour one another. Wow. Now, believing the gospel will cause you to demonstrate love. See, the message not only produces faith and love, but it also promotes hope and truth. Believing the gospel will help you keep your focus on your eternal hope. I'm grateful for that, aren't you? Titus said, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for that blessed hope. I'm looking for that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, when you believe the gospel and when it promotes hope and truth in your life, you will keep your heart and mind focused on what's ahead and not just what's behind. Wow. Notice the second truth with me. Not only talk about the message of the gospel, but he also talked about the mission of gathering. Why do we gather here today? i tell you why we gather here today. Because it's the first day of the week. It's the Lord's day. It's the day that we celebrate that Jesus won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. Amen. We come together here today because we can't get over the fact that God would love us. We can't get over the fact that he would save us. And we can't get over the fact that he would allow us to join him in the gospel ministry. Amen. We just come here today because we just can't get over the fact that God would be so good to us, bless us with such wonderful blessings, and we just come today to give God glory. Amen? Isn't that why you're here? That's why I'm here. I promise you that. There's a mission in gathering. One of the things we notice about our mission is is that we have a global mission. Here's what Danny Aiken said. He said, the universal need for salvation combined with the universal ability of God's grace means the gospel is also a global message. Wow. Have you ever stopped and thought about what your mission in life is? I've heard people say, well, I'm not real, you know, the ministry's not that big of a deal to me because I'm not a preacher. Have you ever heard that? The ministry's not that big a deal to me because I'm not a church leader. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a, a deacon. I'm not, I don't sing. I don't play an instrument. So I'm just not really that important. Really? Wow. You got to stop and think about what your mission is. And I want to tell you some things that will keep you from discovering and fulfilling your mission in life. One thing that will hinder any person or any church is when we focus on minors, things that don't matter much. 
things that won't matter five seconds from now, much less five seconds after we're dead. Amen? I mean, the church is wonderful about focusing on minors. You'll always have that, and it is a detriment that keeps us from finding and fulfilling our purpose as his body at 155 Almond Street in Heflin, Alabama. There's another thing that'll keep you from uh, discovering what your mission is, and that's when you try to keep everybody happy. You ever heard this saying, you can keep some of the people happy some of the time, part of the people happy part of the time, but never all the people all the time? You know, that was one of the most difficult things for me, and I still struggle with it sometimes because when I was a younger pastor, it just broke my heart when people would be ugly to me. I thought these folks knew Jesus, didn't y'all? I mean, it just would break my heart when people would say ugly things and people would write me letters and not sign their name or they would say the most awful things walking right out the door. And I appreciate y'all so much. Y'all don't do that. Y'all wait till you get to your car and you tell your spouse. But I mean, but I'm just saying, y'all are so kind and I appreciate that, I really do. And I'm old enough now that it don't bother me as much as it used to. It still bothers me. You know why? Because I care about people. I love people. I still want my heart to be tender. You know, I had a wise preacher tell me a long time ago, he said, if you're going to make it as a pastor, you've got to keep your hide tough and your heart tender. And I believe that. Very important. But just trying to keep everybody happy will cause you to never get your mission. There's another thing is when you resort to gimmicks, gimmicks for church growth instead of trusting God for things that are real. You know what gimmicks do? They only go so far. Sometimes we try to be culturally relevant to the point that we're no longer spiritually connected. <laughs> I don't ever forget this gimmick. I remember one time we were in Georgia and I, I did this just for fun. I knew it was a gimmick. It was fun. And, and I got this thing from this car lot in Georgia and he told me, come up here and if you got this number, boy, you're going to win a big prize. Y'all ever seen those? Y'all seen them. And you don't believe it or not, I pulled a little tape out. Sure enough, I had the winning number. I said, if this is your number, you're a winner. So I thought, oh, well. So I thought I was going to have fun with Mark. And I went up, and you know, of course, one of the things I was supposed to win was a new truck. And then it went to like a, you know, a 65-inch TV, and there were several other things I thought, heck, you know, any of those would be nice. So, but I went up in my winning number, guess what? Y'all, this is going to shock you. It wasn't for the truck. It wasn't for the 65-inch TV. It wasn't even for the little neat walkie-talkies that the kids could play with or any of that kind of stuff. They said, you're a winner, $500 shopping spree. I said, well, well, good, I'm going to Walmart. No, you can't go to Walmart. Oh, well, Target. No, you can't go to Target. Well, where am I going? Still had Kmart in it. I said, Kmart, huh? And he said, no, we're not going to any of those places. I said, well, where, where's my shopping spree? Well, you gotta go to this website. And you can pick out anything on there up to $500. Well, you know what? I went home, I looked at the website. You won't believe this. There was nothing on the website under $799. So I didn't win anything there. It was a gimmick. And you know, they got upset. They said, don't you want to drive a truck? Don't you want to buy a truck? They said, no, man, I just come to claim my prize. Anyhow, I wanted to win the truck. But nevertheless, I knew it was a gimmick. I just did it for fun. But those things only carry you so far. That wasn't going to sustain their living at all it's a global mission but there's also we must understand we've got to have a gospel mindset and I told you I was talking about being connected and it's so very important that we do that, not that we're culturally relevant, we've got to stay spiritually connected 
And I believe with all of my heart that includes a plan to help people be discipled and to be developed and be deployed. So what's the key? The key is wrapped up in a word called surrender. You hear me talk to you about it a lot. You see, when you surrender, you can't go back. You say, well, I made a commitment. Well, people break commitments. I signed a contract. People break contracts. But when you surrender, you can't go back. A commitment can be waived. A contract can be voided. But a surrender is final. Here's what Oswald Chambers said about that. He said, submission does not mean that I submit to the power of God because I must. He said, a stoic submits without passion, but that's slavery. He said, a saint sees God's will and submits to it with passionate love, and in his daily life, he exhibits his love to God whom he has submitted. It's not something we do stoically or nothing. It's something we do willingly and excitedly because of what God has done for us. Oh, Paul was encouraging them. He really was. Because he said, look here, what you're a part of is you're a part of a gospel wave that's sweeping the world. Church, I believe you need to be told that today and you need to understand that. As you live, serve, and give through this local church, here's what you're doing. You're a part of a gospel wave that is sweeping the globe that will not be stopped till Jesus calls us home. I'm here to tell you today, you're a part of something awesome and it's something to be excited about tomorrow. I want Clara, Carla, could you put that one picture up for me of the church here? I thought this, I saw this. Y'all know I knew nothing about social media to the pandemic and I had to learn. But this picture, uh, Brother Ted's daughter shared this. Beautiful picture, isn't it? Nighttime, shiny, the new doors. Looks like we're open for business, amen? Isn't that pretty? Somebody please say yes. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm going to get my stethoscope out here in a minute, okay? <laughs> but look here. And, and, and I think that's beautiful. And, and Miss Julie shared this picture and, and talked about some wonderful me memories. You know, my first memories of Heflin Baptist Church was kindergarten. And, well, I tell you, that was some great days. But nevertheless, uh, it was for me. Miss Hughes, God rest her soul, probably wasn't great for her, but it was for me. But I saw this picture, and people made some wonderful. Did anybody see this besides me on social media? Okay, good. Just say. Didn't people share some wonderful memories? Wasn't that great? I mean, it was great, wasn't it? It was wonderful. They were talking about many people shared that they were saved here, baptized, got married here, you know, and, and I thought about all those. What a blessing that is. And some people even said nice stuff about Don Carroll. I thought, well, this is amazing. But anyhow, no, <laughs> just see if y'all listen. And I saw that, and I thought, that's wonderful. Nothing bad at all. And if you walk out of here and say I said something bad, I didn't. I'm making a point here, okay? It is wonderful to have great memories. But a wise preacher told me once, he said, son, when your memories are greater than your dreams, your days are numbered. Nothing against the memories. Thank God for memories. But what I want to say to you, church, is what about our dream for tomorrow? Those memories will only carry you so far. I don't want our days to be numbered. I want our days to be exciting and fulfilling and gloriously moving the mission forward. I don't know about you. I'm grateful for memories, but I'm real excited about the dream. Amen? I know you are too. I can just see it beaming across the congregation. No, I'm excited about a dream to touch the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Really excited about that. I just thought that was beautiful, man. I thought... 
God is good. Thank you, God, for memories. Boy, I'm grateful for the dream. Notice with me finally, if you will. Notice where he talks about the man of God. The man of God. I really like that. I got to share this with you. Epaphras was a pastor, I told you. Pastor of the church at Colossae, down at Philemon's house. He said, I got some problems. We got some Gnostics. We got some people in our city. Look here. And they're trying to cripple and infiltrate our church with false doctrine. I got to go see Paul. Do you know what Bible scholars tell us? He traveled about 1,500 miles to get to Paul. Now look here. There was no Delta jet. There was no Amtrak. There was not, there was not even a Chevrolet. Some of y'all get that in a little bit, all right? So that meant he had a hard time getting there. He walked. He might have rode a camel or something. I don't know how old he got there. We don't know, but we do know this. It was 1,500 miles. Let me say this to you. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but that, my friend, is passion. That is passion for the gospel. That is when somebody gives a rip about the church, when they say, hey, we got issues, we got a problem, I will walk, ride a camel, or whatever it takes to go 1,500 miles to get in the presence of God's man who can help me be God's man so we can lead God's people to be faithful to the gospel. That is passion. So there he is. He said, we got a problem, Paul. I need some help. But notice how Paul begins to describe this pastor to his congregation. This is just awesome to me. He says, I want you to know he's a fellow servant. Did you see that? He's saying he's a laborer. He's one who toils for your sake and for the sake of the gospel. But when I read this description of Epaphras, I don't know about you, but I think, man, God, make me like this man, Amen. Mold me to be like this man. He is a fellow servant, but he's also this. He's also a faithful minister of the gospel. He's a man surrendered to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's one who's willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. He's the one that puts the gospel and God's people ahead of himself. Wow. And then notice one another thing he said. He's a favorable representative. He's doing all these things, look here, on your behalf. He's a pastor who represents the church well. He gives himself away for the edifying of the body of Christ. He's saying, God, I'll be less if you can use your people to be more. I'll suffer, I'll go, I'll do whatever it takes, but God... Help me to represent your church well. Do y'all know that matters to me? Does anybody know that matters to me, that I represent you well? There's a couple of things I pray for every day. Well, there's a lot of things, but I'm gonna tell you a few of them. And one of the things I pray for every day is that my testimony, my personal testimony, would never be a detriment to the name of Jesus Christ, would never bring disgrace to my precious wife of over 31 years, would never bring disgrace to my two grown daughters and now 
their husbands. I guess I got to include them, right? But that my testimony would never bring disgrace to the people of God. Because hear me, all of us have a circle of influence, some larger than others. All of us, you, all of us have a platform, some larger than others. But can I say to you, whichever that is, is you must pray, and I pray that you pray every day that your testimony would never hurt Jesus, never hurt your spouse, never hurt your children, never hurt your family, never hurt your friends, and never hurt your church. I want to say today that would make a difference. Put that other picture up there, Carla. I've been picture shopping today, amen. Does that look like one of y'all's barns? I've seen some old barns look like that over the years. That's kind of the way I feel sometimes. <laughs> But I saw that, and here's what I was told. There was a man that always prayed the benediction most services at this local church. And he would say, Lord, at the end of his prayer, would you just prop us up on our leaning side? The pastor really didn't know what he was talking about. I've heard people pray stuff. I had no clue what they were talking about. So I understand they're not talking to me anyhow, right? They're talking to God. So the pastor's asking, when well, it was a good friend of his, he said, hey, Bob, would you mind telling me kind of what you're thinking when you ask God to prop you up on the leaning side? He said, oh, pastor, I'll be glad to tell you. He said, I was out on my tractor the other day. I noticed my old barn's getting old. On one side, it looked like it was starting to lean a little bit. He said, so I got off my tractor and I went up and took a closer look. I said, oh, oh, sure enough, it is leaning. And he said, I walked around the side and I noticed that the years, the wind, the rain, storms, bugs, kind of taking their toll on that side of my barn. He said, and the only way I knew to fix it was Go get me some big, long beams and prop it up. He said, then the Lord got me back on my tractor, and I don't know about you, but I get on the lawnmower or somewhere like that. Me and the Lord have great talks. And he said, son, that's the way it is with you. He said, just like your barn, there's wind, there's rain, there's heat, there's cold, there's bugs, that war against your soul and try to cause you to begin to accept things you used to reject, to cause you to begin to live in such a way that you're not upright spiritually as you should be and you start to lean. He said, that's when I started praying every day, God, prop me up on my leaning side. That's pretty awesome, man. And I thought about that and I saw that picture and I want to share with you today because like I told you, sometimes I feel like that old bar. I feel like sometimes all of the attacks of the enemy, all of the things that Satan does to try to shoot those fiery darts and we don't have our full armor on and they get through and they cause us damage. 
Sometimes we start to lean instead of walk spiritually upright. We're kind of like the old farmer. We need God to prop us up on our leaning side. Maybe where we stray is we start thinking it's about us, not about him. Maybe for the church you could stray when you start thinking we've got to hold the fort to make sure we arrive safely at death instead of live with total abandon for the glory of God. Oh, you'll start to lean then. Oh, we need God to prop us up on our leaning side. Here's the invitation today. I don't know where you are and I don't know what 2021 held for all of you and I don't know what you've been through and I don't know where you're going but I do know this and I want you to hear me, okay? Every one of you are special. Did you know that? God has so uniquely designed you and worked in your life. He has given you gifts that are unique for you to be used for his glory. And do you know what would be the saddest testimony if you lived to the end of 22? Is that if you didn't discover, develop, and deploy your gift. It would be the saddest testimony a year from now if you were content to sit idly where you are and not submit to the glory of God and allow him to use you completely for him. You say, you know what? I'm not holding back anymore. As I sat there last week, Ray, you know where I want? I want to be here. I want to be with my people. Y'all my people, do you know that? You don't belong to me. We belong to God. We, we, we're each other. You, you're not my property. I don't mean it like that. I'm just saying I love you and I want to be with you. Amen? And God really resonated again in my heart. said, son, you don't need to waste a day. You don't need to waste a moment. You need to let me prop you up where you're leaning so you can fulfill my purpose and lead my people to give themselves away. Pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your word today. I want to thank you for how it challenges my heart to be faithful to you at all costs and in all seasons. Father, right now at this invitation, many today right here in this room I believe you've spoken to their hearts clearly maybe they are your child they've repented of their sins and trusted you as savior and you're just calling them to total submission and surrender I pray they wouldn't resist I pray they would surrender completely heart and soul today there may be others here today God you're calling never been born again, never confessed their sin, never trusted you as Savior, lost. And if they died today, they'd spend eternity in hell, Lord. And today you're calling them to come to you, repent of sin, and trust you to take it away. Lord, I don't know.
know what all you're doing. But I do know you're calling a church. Calling a church here in rural Alabama to just believe that you are true, that you are faithful, and that you want to use us to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. God, today would you do that? Would you so work in this invitation that no one leaves this building that's not right with you? Father, we're going to give you praise for everything. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Here's the invitations I told you. The Lord is calling. The Lord is extending. He's pleading with you to surrender all, complete heart and soul to him. And I pray today, whatever decision you need to make, whether it's for your salvation, whether it's for your service as a Christian, whether it's for the future of your life of serving God, whatever it might be, I just pray you bring it to Jesus. Father, we love you. May every decision that's made today be honor and glorify your name. We give you total praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand our feet all across the house. And as Marty leads us, I just plead with you to come to Jesus today. Marty leads when you're ready, man.
that chorus, Marty. Sing it with all your heart now. And I, I seated our ushers are coming I want to encourage you as always be faithful today in all ways and I'm going to encourage you this while the ushers are coming this coming year and I hope you'll begin to pray about this immediately if you haven't already maybe you have but that you would pray that God would direct your heart so clearly this year that he would direct you to ministry through the local church I really believe in the local church don't you I really believe it should be, you know, the center uh, of our mission's emphasis and activity that we give ourselves completely to the Lord to be used in and through his local church, but to pray in such a way that God would directly and clearly direct your heart to where you could make certain uh, that you were fulfilling your purpose by serving God through his church. I really believe that's important. I've always believed that nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. Amen? Everybody can do something. Because like I said, you've been gifted in ways that I haven't. There's things you can do for God's glory that would be impossible for me. And, and that goes for all of us. But God can use you. And I want you to know that. Don't ever think he can't. Don't ever be content with him not. I mean, submit yourself. Surrender yourself. And just give yourself away. Amen? So we're going to give today, and as we give here in, in this year, I'm grateful to God for the blessings of the past. As I said, we look forward to the challenges and the dreams of the future. So as we give today, we give cheerfully and sacrificially and joyfully. And we do this because we believe that God has given us the opportunity to be a part of something that hell itself can't stop, and that's the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as you give through the church today, you know you're supporting world missions and you're supporting the work of this church beginning at that front door to the ends of the earth to touch the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's join our hearts together and ask God's blessings on our giving.
Jackson, you ain't supposed to let me forget. Uh, Y'all come on and gather up here on the stage with me, if you will. Our students are going on retreat, and our, of course, I know Chris is usher, and he just went back, and all of our other adults, y'all come and let them all slide through up here. Y'all come on up here, Sawyer. Look here. Look at this handsome, this Tennessee fan. How I, man, I got to be beside you, man. You all right? Y'all come on up. It's Keith and Jana. Jana, you sure you're up for this? <laughs> Well, I would tell you which one to look out for, but I think it's all of them. No, no, I'm kidding. Y'all come on. Come on around here. Come on up. Y'all will, Tracy. Y'all come around. Chris. This is our group going up to next. They're leaving Friday, and the Lord worked in the basketball schedule where they want. we can all go at the same time this week because normally we have a caboose group going after the ball games, but nevertheless, they'll be going up from retreat. And here's always my prayer is... Um, well, I enjoy having fun as much as anybody, don't y'all? I really do, and it is fun. They'll have a tremendous amount of fun. I mean, somebody will ski and fall down, and they'll, 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 there'll be a lot of great things. But here's what I... <laughs> yeah, no, Sawyer, no, no bubble wraps available up there. So yeah. But no, uh, here's what I pray for is that uh, above and beyond all that, it as they have fun, is that I pray for God to speak to them. Amen? and for God to begin to uh, not only plant but cultivate the seeds that are being planted in their life because guys, these guys are not the guys that are going to be the church down the road. They're already the church they're, they're today. And it's our responsibility to do as Paul did to Epaphras is to provide mentorship and leadership that when our days are gone that they'll make bigger and bolder prints than we did. Amen. It's really my heartbeat for them. So as we pray for them today, I want you to be praying for me for that this week, okay? That as they travel, of course we want safety. Of course we want all these different things, but as they enjoy their time, that they build relationships with God and with each other. They'll last a lifetime and beyond. And that, that God will so speak to their hearts and lives that they will begin to realize that the reason they were per born in the first place was to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ and that the greatest thing they can ever do is fulfill his purpose. Here's what I told my girls growing up and I reminded both of them this last night. I ate supper with both of them last night and I, I have to do a lot of traveling to make that happen sometimes but where there is passion we, where our babies are we'll do it right but here's the thing I said girls the safest place on the planet for you is in the center of the will of God. Wherever that is, whether that's in Cleburne County or you know, Zimbabwe, it doesn't matter. And I say that for these young people. We have no idea what gold is on this platform. Are y'all with me? We have no idea what gifts are on this platform. And we have no idea what God is going to do with these young people. And I want to just encourage them to chase God's heart with all theirs. Amen? Amen. So let's pray together here and ask God's uh, uh, blessing on them for the week ahead. And let's just trust that the Lord is going to do some great things in the days to come. And we're going to see not only great fruit uh, right away, but in the decades to come. So God let us live that we would see them do great and mighty things for his glory. Amen. Would you join me as we pray for them? Father, we love you so much. And I thank you for these young people that I am privileged to be on this platform with today. Father, I thank you for them. I thank you for their families. I thank you, God, for them uh, 
being a part of what's going to take place here this coming weekend. I thank you for the leaders that will provide transportation and leadership and, and teach and lead and all those things. God, I thank you so much for them because I know that it is an investment that they will make that will pay dividends for eternity. God, I thank you, God, for these young people uh, because, God, I don't know what all gifts you put within them. I don't know what all plans you have for them, but I am confident that you do have a plan for them. I pray that even in their youth, even in the days of their high school days, that they will begin to pursue your heart with all theirs. God, that they would chase your dream for their life and not their own. And God, that they would realize that the safest and most secure place for them is in the center of your will. Regardless of where that takes them, God, that they would never forget that your purpose is what they were born to accomplish. Lord, I thank you again for them. I thank you for entrusting them to us. May we be worthy of the entrustment you've given us. May we invest in them for all the tomorrows that are to come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here's what I want you to do, okay? I want you, if you're going to be praying for these young people this week, I want you to let them know. I want you to let the Lord know by just putting your hands together and thank God for what they're doing. Amen. You do that? Amen. No skiing. Right. That's my buddy right here. No, you ski all you want. Amen. You'll be in your home state next week, won't you? Be close to Rocky Top right here. Amen. Now, I love these kids, and I'm so thankful for you. Thank you, parents. Grandparents, thank you, church, for all you did to support and make this possible for them, okay? All right, y'all gonna get to do something special, Sawyer. Come around here, Marty. Don't you stand by Sawyer. He can't wait for this, okay? Y'all gonna, gonna get to help sing us out, okay, Marty? All right, all right, you want to do that? And, and, uh, and so, Marty, let's stand together. Marty's gonna sing us out. I want you to have a great day. And as these young folks come off after this song, you let them know you're praying for them, okay? God bless. I bet you out front. We will overcome through the blood of the Lamb. We 